You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It takes a lot of hard work and guts to make it in Detroit, and no one knows that better than Carhartt. Since 1889, Carhartt's been making the toughest, most trusted gear for anyone who outworks them. Because from field to farm and all sites in between, Carhartt's got your back for whatever lies ahead. Hi, this is Dan Dickerson, and you're listening to the Road to Detroit podcast. With our good friend, Dan Hastings. Take it away, Dan. It is an emergency edition of the Road to Detroit podcast presented by Carhartt. Hello, everybody. Dan Hasty, our producer, is Nate Wangler. Well, we had to come on after what happened in the first two rounds of the MLB draft. You know, we actually didn't have a show planned this week. We didn't have one planned. But this is an emergency edition of the RTD because the Detroit Tigers end up with somebody who's probably going to end up as a top five prospect and potentially even two of them. Depending on where you look, the Tigers may have just grabbed two top 10 worthy talents in the MLB draft from some pretty significant baseball scouting departments. So we'll talk about that as the Road to Detroit podcast rolls on. It's so good to have you with us. A couple of weeks ago, we got a chance to talk to Jim Callis from MLB Pipeline. We've seen him all over the MLB network coverage of the MLB draft. And we were waiting for the Detroit Tigers with the number 12 overall pick, waiting to see what would happen for Detroit as they awaited their selection. I know a lot of people hope that the Tigers would draft a bat. But in order to have a bat fall to Detroit, a few surprises had to take place, or at least maybe some things that most people were not expecting. I don't think anybody expected what happened at the number three overall pick. First at numbers one and two, it was Jackson Holiday, the high school shortstop from Stillwater, Oklahoma. Then Drew Jones, the son of former Gold Glove center fielder Andrew Jones, went number two to the Baltimore Orioles and Arizona Diamondbacks, respectively. Then at number three, a shocker, Kumar Rocker, who we talked to Jim Callis, and he admitted MLB Pipeline had no idea how to rank Kumar Rocker, where he should fit, where he should go. I remember seeing a tweet from somebody a couple of weeks ago that said, are we sure Kumar Rocker is just not the best player this year in the MLB draft? Well, the Texas Rangers might think so, because now they've reunited him with his college teammate in Jack Leiter. So now it is Leiter and Rocker, the same duo that dominated at Vanderbilt, now finds themselves pitching in the Texas Rangers organization. That is a pretty cool story. Another high schooler went number four. The shortstop, Tamar Johnson, went to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Elijah Green goes five, the high school outfielder from IMG Academy to the Washington Nationals. Then we see some college names go off the board. At number six, LSU's Jacob Berry, a third baseman, goes to the Miami Marlins. Then another big surprise, another pitcher, Cade Horton, who, like Kumar Rocker, was a late riser up draft boards. A lot of people didn't quite know what to do with him. And the Chicago Cubs take him at number seven overall. 
even then, the Tigers still needed a little bit of help to have one of the bats they probably preferred fall to them. At number eight, Cal Poly's Brooks Lee, the shortstop, went to the Minnesota Twins. Gavin Cross, who I saw a lot of different people associate with the Tigers pick at number 12, he went ninth overall to Kansas City. He's a Virginia Tech outfielder. At number 10, the Colorado Rockies took a pitcher, Gabriel Hughes out of Gonzaga. Interesting selection there. And it also had Kevin Parada, a catcher out of Georgia Tech, tumbling down the board. He was taken number 11 by the New York Mets. That was their compensation pick for not signing Kumar Rocker in last year's draft. So after all the dust settles on those 11 picks, up comes the Tigers at number 12. And it's somebody that we've seen mocked and projected to the Tigers, but there have been a couple different names that have been mocked and projected to the Tigers. With the 12th pick of the 2022 MLB draft, the Detroit Tigers select Jace Young, a second baseman from Texas Tech. At number 12 overall in 2022's MLB draft, the Detroit Tigers take Jace Young, an offensive second baseman out of Texas Tech. He is a dynamite hitter. And I'll tell you what, MLB Network, you had me at Mickey Tendleton. That was their player comparison for Jace Young. Fun fact, that is my mother's favorite Tiger player of all time, so I'm not biased whatsoever. <laughs> Congratulations, Jace Young. He ends up as the pick for the Tigers at number 12 overall. He was ranked the number nine prospect in this year's MLB draft by MLB Pipeline. You know who else was a number nine overall prospect from MLB Pipeline last year? Time Madden. And those two actually faced each other a time or two in college. So a player from Texas last year who was a number nine, and this year, a player from Texas Tech, who was the ninth-ranked prospect in the draft, Jace Young, becomes a Detroit Tiger. And Nate, this is something I think that has it's kind of short-term and long-term ramifications for the Tigers. Yeah, it has both short-term and long-term ramifications. And Dan, we talked about their need for bats that have a short timeline that we think could translate up the ladder in a relatively short amount of time. And it seems like Jace Young has already achieved many milestones in his development at the plate at Texas Tech. He was the 2021 Big 12 Player of the Year after slugging 21 home runs and 67 RBIs. How about these career numbers? 328 batting average, 468 on base, 647 slugging percentage. And Dan, I think the best part is he's drawn more walks than strikeouts over all three years at Texas Tech. So he's seeing the baseball really well. He's hitting Big 12 pitching really well. And I really, really like this pick by the Tigers in the spot. To me, the earmark of a great hitter, and when you're trying to develop, I think this really matters, is how well they command the strike zone. What kind of plate discipline do they have? What kind of pitch recognition skills do they have? Do they have the ability to lay off pitches that are outside of the zone? But Jace Young may have been one of the best in the country at doing just that. He put himself in a position to be one of the best offensive collegiate players in this draft. And you, know, you look at the Tigers minor league system and you know, people started immediately wondering, well, where would Jace Young be assigned? And again, we don't know. But I think when you look over the course of the Tigers minor league system, I think the argument can be made, and we've seen this with other guys, that 
Jace Young could very well end up starting his professional career directly in a place like West Michigan. And here's why. You think about Lakeland. You think about the low-A Flying Tigers and where that team is developmentally, at least the way that the Tigers have decided to organize and construct this year's version of that team. And you see players like Jackson Job and Christian Santana and Roberto Campos and Jose De La Cruz, all of these players who have lots and lots of development ahead of them. And truth be told, I don't see Jace Young as a player who has as much development ahead of him. He's a 21-year-old. He's a Big 12 player of the year. His background says that he is much farther along developmentally And that's usually to be expected. It's not a huge surprise. We're talking about a guy who has college seasoning. So those guys are a little bit more ready. And I saw interesting comparisons throughout the night. One that I really liked was Jason Kipnis, who, of course, we saw for years against the Tigers playing out in Cleveland. But one thing that I love is the fact that he's been able to command the strike zone and have this outstanding offensive profile at a position that usually doesn't see high-end offense. Second base is a hard position to get high-level offense from, and the walk-to-strikeout ratio, even as a freshman, more walks than strikeouts. And to do that in the Big 12, you're doing something right. Then this past season, a 59-42 to walk-to-strikeout ratio. So his ability to see good pitches and hit them a very long way is probably as good as any college hitter in this draft. And on top of that, Nate, he's also got some bloodlines that right now are sitting pretty highly ranked over in another organization. Yeah, Dan, Jace is actually the younger brother of Josh Young, the Texas Rangers' number two overall prospect who was drafted in the first round, eighth overall by the Rangers, actually back in 2019. And Josh is mashing this season with the Rockhound Express. They're the AAA affiliate of the Texas Rangers, hitting 326 with 19 home runs and 61 RBIs. It's funny, Jace actually replaced Josh when Josh left Texas Tech at third base. So originally, Jace was a third baseman with the Red Raiders, but then transitioned over to second base. And of course, the question now becomes, where does he fit in the Tigers minor league system? Could he transition over to first base? Could he maybe be a corner outfielder? Those questions are yet to be answered, but certainly the bat is advanced. And you mentioned how they might test him right away, and we've seen the Tigers do that. Trey Cruz, Daniel Cabrera, Dylan Dingler, Spencer Torkelson started all of those players at high A, and of course they've all learned at different rates, but I wouldn't be shocked at all to see them test Jace right out of the gate. Gives a new meaning to sibling rivalry, as I'm sure we might... With any luck, see the two of them in Major League Baseball at some point down the road. You know, you talked about the other possibilities for what positions he could play. I think second base is on the table, obviously. I think third base is a possibility. Not to say that he's going to be there long term. I think time will decide that. But I think one thing that we've learned, and we saw this when they took Spencer Torkelson a couple of years ago, they're not afraid to try and be creative and try to move guys around and just see what the capabilities are, what things might look like. And if it's going to work, I think they'll pursue it. And if it doesn't, I think they'll tap out on it. I think they gave it a shot with Spencer Torkelson. And I think at the end of the day, they just felt more comfortable with him as a first baseman. And It didn't take them extremely long to decide that, but I think that the point is is that they want to give guys opportunities. And I think to maximize value, 
I think Jace Young, the good thing for him is that he has a bat that will be able to put up offensive numbers that can play at third base, at second base, in a corner outfield spot. It's not that he's a good offensive player for being a second baseman. He's just a good offensive player regardless of the position he's at. So the Tigers get Jace Young, the number nine overall prospect in the class, and the bat is what grades out the highest among all of the tools. That's just music to Tigers fans' ears, isn't it, Nate? It 100% is, and I feel like that was the aim for Detroit in this first round. And in the second round, we'll get to that in a little bit, but MLB Pipeline, you mentioned he's a top 10 in their draft board. He also received 60 grades in both hit and power, saying he might hit for 300 with 30 home runs on an annual basis. You want to talk about music to the ears of Tigers fans, I'm sure they would all love to hear that. Brian Sikowski, the national cross-checker of Perfect Game. He actually joined us here on the road to Detroit not too long ago. We talked about a lot of the different options for the Tigers at number 12 overall. This is what he had to say about Jace Young, one of the premier college bats. Detroit has to be thrilled that he slid to this spot, a left-handed bat with plus hit and plus power projection. He gets on base a ton. His best fit long-term is probably second base with a fringe defensive projection. But you know what? Here's the thing that I keep coming back to, Nate. If you can't hit, you don't play Major League Baseball. If you have the greatest defensive abilities in the game and you still can't hit, guess what? You don't play Major League Baseball. You have to be able to hit. It's like in basketball. You have to be able to put the ball in the hoop or else you do not play. Even Ben Wallace put the ball in the hoop, and he's known as being the greatest defensive player of all time. Guys still average 10 points a game every once in a while. So, so when you boil down what really matters in this game, what matters is can you hit? And Jace Young can hit. And if you can hit, they're going to find a place for you. And more than that, Dan, he did it against elevated competition. Again, he did this in the Big 12, the player of the year back in 2021. So he's already faced some of the best pitching that college baseball has to offer. So that's certainly a good sign. Joe Doyle, the director of the MLB Draft for Prospects Live, another highly regarded service, said this, Jace Young is a great get for the Tigers, one of the better college bats in this class that didn't have a lot of red flags. Hits velocity, breaking balls, off speed, he walks, doesn't strike out, posts big exit velocities, there is floor and there is upside. So now, to even things out, I wanted to read one that wasn't so much the ultra-glowing review, just to give us an idea of what Jace Young's obstacles may be as a professional player, and then speak to those. There were some criticisms that said that Young slumped towards the end of the year and doesn't do much on defense. But even in those critical reviews, they say he's a very patient hitter with quality swings, and more importantly, quality takes. But I think it's important to mention that he was playing through an injury late in the season. He had a hip injury, limited his mobility. You assume that it sapped him of some of his power. But I don't think it's any question that the big challenge for Jace Young, just like it's been most of his career, is going to be figuring things out defensively and finding a home defensively. But the good news is, again, if you're good enough offensively, they will find a place for you. And I got to admit, I'm excited to know that he can get an opportunity to learn how to play defense with a guy like Alan Trammell, who has been going up and down the Detroit Tigers minor league system, working with a lot of the big name prospects. 
He has as much knowledge as anybody else in the entire Tigers system. And if you want to learn how to play defense, learn it from the master technician in a guy like Alan Trammell. So the next question becomes, where is Jace Young going to slot in among Detroit Tigers prospects? Nate, I got to tell you, I think he falls somewhere into the top five. I think it's obviously a big day for any minor league system when it's the day of the MLB draft. Just so happens that everybody's system gets stronger. But to get a guy like Jace Young, I mean, look, this is a game that has evolved into can you hit the baseball? And we have seen at the major league level this year what happens if you cannot. So the fact that Jace Young, one of the best offensive players in the draft, I mean, you compare him to just about anybody, the bat is as highly regarded and as far along as anybody else. The fact that it's Jace Young, I think it's probably a situation where we see him fall in somewhere around the top five Tigers prospects, which makes him one of the most valuable players in the system. I tend to believe that he would, yes, land inside of that top five. Now, it's interesting. I think one of the organizational strengths and something that the Tigers have really invested heavily in, especially over the last couple of years, has been middle infielders. They have a handful of them within their top 30. However, when we talk about offensive numbers and just how ready the bat is, when we look at the offensive numbers for Jace Young, I do believe that he will be in the top five. But it'll be interesting to see where he slots in, given just how many middle infielders are in that top 30 for Detroit. A consensus All-American. He was actually named an All-American seven different times by different outlets. Also, was pretty good in the classroom, too. Had a GPA over 3.7. Now, the next question will become, is he a top 100 prospect? The Tigers, depending on where you look, have three potentially more coming as top 100 prospects. Baseball America's last rankings had three Tigers in the top 100. And Riley Green is scheduled to graduate from that top 100 sooner than later. So replacing that with at least one other prospect feels pretty important for the Tigers. So Jace Young is probably the player who has the best shot at that. If he ends up headed to West Michigan to finish out the season playing in high A, should be a nice little boost for a West Michigan team that finished the pre-Major League All-Star segment of their schedule 16-5 and to start the second half of their season. They are four games ahead in first place in their second half divisional standings. It's kind of like the equivalent of when a major league team trades for a player at the deadline and gets that big boost. This is kind of one of those situations. The Tigers taking Jace Young kind of ends up infusing West Michigan with a huge bat as they try to chase a playoff spot. There's six teams and you have to finish as a division winner in the second half in order to make the playoffs. You can't finish any lower than first place. And the Whitecaps, who already have an opportunity with a four-game lead, now they're sitting there with arguably the best college bat that was taken the highest in the MLB draft. No word on when they will throw the parade in West Michigan. So if you know this about the Road to Detroit podcast, it's that we give you everything in one shot. We look at all the teams. We look at all the articles. We give you the best collaborative amount of information about whatever is important in the Detroit Tigers minor league system. Jason Beck ended up tweeting this. He said, Jace Young said he had a great meeting with the Tigers a couple of weeks before the draft, so he let out a yell when he found out he was their pick. Quote, honestly, if there was a wall in front of me, I probably would have ran through it. (laughs) Good for you, Jace Young. 
He also apparently is not afraid to do the Juan Soto shuffle, which he's actually done at the college level a couple of times this season. You can find it on the internet. Cody Stavenhaven of The Athletic on doubts about Jace Young's defense. If people want to doubt me, I'm just going to work harder, keep getting better at my craft every day, pick up that glove a little extra, and show them I can play defense. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team okay jace young that's the tigers pick at number 12 but here's the thing about a number 12 overall pick you better get somebody good everybody else is getting somebody good with their picks from 1 to 11 and from 13 to 20 so you have to take somebody good it's really hard to not get somebody good in those first 20 picks What gets harder is what happens in round two. The Tigers had the number 51 overall pick, and they ended up taking a player who is actually considered by one very important scouting service to be a top 10 talent in the MLB draft. Peyton Graham, the shortstop out of Oklahoma, becomes the second round pick for Detroit on Sunday night. So now all of a sudden, the Tigers have themselves a little double play combination. With the Sooners, he ended up hitting 335. And there's some things that stand out about him. Fangraphs' number 10 overall player had 20 homers in 67 games as Oklahoma made it to the College World Series championship round. He also had 34 steals in 36 attempts for the Sooners. First player in program history with 20 homers and 30 steals in a season. And Nate, that's what jumps out at me, is I love the power-speed combo. No matter who it is, I love when my team takes it. I feel like that's what they went for with Peyton Graham. And that's exactly what they're going to get from Peyton Graham. And the other thing that Fangraph said that I really liked, quote, defensive feet, hands, and actions, and arm strength are all excellent. That might make him a future plus third base defender. He can also move elsewhere around the infield. So defensively speaking, they're really, really high on Graham as well. MLB Pipeline had him ranked as the number 28 overall prospect. 
And when you look at different players' scouting grades, typically they have a number that's lower than the rest or a couple numbers that's lower than the rest. And it, you know, it depends on the player and it depends on what you're getting and what you're valuing. But when you look at Peyton Graham's numbers across the board, they are solid in every category, whether it's his hit tool, his power, his running tool, his arm or his fielding abilities. Nate, this guy really doesn't have a weak spot. He doesn't. He does everything very, very well. And obviously he got off to a slow start this season, but the way he was able to finish it was exceptional. And again, we already talked about the offensive numbers, but I think the fact that they went again, as you said, for that power speed combination, I think that'll fit right in. And another player I'm hoping maybe selfishly we get to see in West Michigan sooner rather than later. The big homework assignment for the Detroit Tigers in player development is making sure that they work with him on hitting off-speed pitches. Very good fastball hitter, but making consistent contact against breaking pitches is going to be top of mind for someone like Peyton Graham. But once he gets on base, he is as good as anybody. And in some ways, he kind of reminds you of a couple different Tigers prospects. I think about Ryan Kreidler. I think about Gage Workman. I think a couple of guys who have some power, have some speed, and are solid defensively. I like him across the board as long as they can help him make more consistent contact so they don't expose him when it comes to breaking pitches. Peyton Graham has a chance to be a solid major leaguer. You know, it doesn't matter if a guy like Peyton Graham goes 0 for 4 at the plate. Obviously, he's got to hit enough to be a big leaguer, but on days he doesn't, he's going to give you the ability to run the bases. He's going to play defense. You know, defense doesn't take days off. Defense doesn't go 0 for 4 at shortstop. But I like this skill set. It's without a seemingly weak spot. The question is going to be hitting off-speed pitches. And Peyton Graham's going to get a lot of work on that in the Tiger system. And that's really going to decide how effective of a major league player he becomes. And you're right with that, Dan. When you look at the walk-to-strikeout numbers throughout his college career, 139 strikeouts to just 70 walks. And as you mentioned, it all comes down to the off-speed pitch. And again, that's the only real big hole that you see in his game. It'll be interesting to see where he fits in the infield. Again, a third baseman coming out of college, but you know we, we know that the Tigers like to shift infielders around and figure out where they fit. So that'll be an interesting conversation point. But again, it all comes down to plate discipline. But once he's able to nail that down, I think he'll be a complete player. I'm now going to give you my favorite number, my favorite statistic about Peyton Graham because his team ended up in the College World Series this season. Well, we usually find out a lot about players and their offensive abilities when the chips are down in crunch time. And according to 643 charts, they actually charted OPS, on-base plus slugging, specifically in late-inning pressure situations among teams in the College World Series. Peyton Graham had the highest late inning pressure situations OPS among all players in the College World Series, and it wasn't even remotely close. This guy had an on-base plus slugging of 1.745. Just to give you an idea, if you have 0.745, you're doing okay. The fact that Peyton Graham did his best work when it counted most has to get you pretty excited about what he can be now that the bright lights get turned up a little bit more as he makes that transition to professional baseball. I remember talking to David Chad about this and we've had him on this podcast before. And I remember saying, you know, Hey, you know, 
sometimes when the higher ups come to town, some of the guys start talking and you can understand if somebody feels like there's a little more pressure when some of the big wigs are in town. And he said to me, he said, Hey, look, if these guys can't play when I'm here <laughs> or when Al Avila is here, then they can't play in front of 40,000 people in Detroit. So the idea that a guy like Peyton Graham has done some of his best work in front of the biggest crowds in college baseball, that gives you hope that he can translate that into the professional ranks because he's going to go from playing in front of 25,000 people and with any luck he'll be playing in front of even more down the road and they I don't know if Jace Young and Peyton Graham are two top 10 MLB draft talents but I can tell you this there are people out there right now that believe the Tigers got two talents that are top 10 worthy among the entire draft pool with their first two picks that feels like a big deal That does feel like a big deal. And again, regardless of what source you look at, MLB Pipeline still had him in the top 30. So the fact that they were able to get two top 30s or top 10s, depending on what you look at in rounds number one and number two, very good pull by the Tigers tonight. I'm pleased. Something else you may not know, Jace Young and Peyton Graham have actually been roommates. They were rooming together when they played for the Santa Barbara Foresters in summer ball. So they were teammates before, and it's one thing to be teammates, but it's a whole other thing to be roommates. So these two actually know each other exceptionally well. I heard Scott Pleiss, the Tigers scouting director, say, the guy has freaky power. (laughs) But a ton of very loud tools across the board, I think he finds a way to make himself an important player. And much like Jace Young, I think they both have the ability of being quick movers in a system. These are guys with seasoned college profiles. I don't think you have to sit around and wait a long time for these guys. I think both of them have a real case to start fairly advanced throughout the Tigers minor league system. They could go to the complex league. They could go to low A, but the truth is these guys might be beyond that developmentally. It'll be very interesting to see where the Tigers put Jace Young and Peyton Graham. And because now you know that they were not only teammates, but roommates, you know those guys have been working on double plays far before they became teammates in the Tigers organization. Now you've met the Tigers' first and second round picks in this year's MLB draft. The good news is, being the Road to Detroit podcast, we're going to be talking about these guys. We're going to get to know both Jace and Peyton over the course of the weeks and shows ahead. They're probably both going to become Detroit Tigers' top 10 prospects. So these two instantly very important to the Tigers on multiple levels. I think they're both going to have a very high degree of visibility within the Tigers minor league system the remainder of this year, whether that's in low A Lakeland or perhaps high A West Michigan. I would not be surprised in the slightest to see them end up in a place like West Michigan before this season is over. But regardless of where they end up playing their baseball, you're going to be able to catch them right here on the Road to Detroit podcast. There are many more picks that the Tigers will be making as part of this 20-round MLB draft. We'll recap the rest of those picks on the next episode of the Road to Detroit. But Jace Young and Peyton Graham, the numbers 12 and 51 overall picks by the Detroit Tigers in the 2022 MLB draft. And that's why we needed an emergency edition of the Road to Detroit podcast presented by Carhartt. This did not follow the normal format of this show. 
But things happen, and the Tigers have two brand-new big-time prospects, and we're about to learn their stories right here on the RTD. You can find The Road to Detroit on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you rate the show. Make sure you scroll down, find the five stars, click it, rate the show, and make sure you do your part on The Road to Detroit. That's all for us this week on The Road to Detroit. Make sure to catch us next week for a brand new episode. For our producer, Nate Wangler, I'm Dan Hasty. This has been the Road to Detroit podcast presented by Carhartt. And until next time. See ya! No one's been part of more first days of work than Carhartt. And in the same way rookies have to keep earning respect, Carhartt never stops earning the respect of hardworking people like you. From building rugged gear that's tougher than any first day or worst day of work, to re-engineering the classics to outwork the future, trust your Carhartts to keep doing their job long after you've been doing yours. Since 1889, Carhartt's got your back 24-7. Visit Carhartt.com or visit a retail store near you.